Hey there, my friends. This is Andy and Hedia. Hello there. And I needed to play both the intros because this is a little bit of a combo show. We're going to do a little bit of the Andy Falco show mixed in with uh, what might be considered a, a spiritual show. Absolutely. Actually, it's going to be mostly spiritual. Absolutely. <laughs> for be sure. Because I have my friend on Rick Gutman. Uh, we've known each other now for, I think, a little over three years, somewhere in there, maybe less, maybe more. Um, and I have quite a, a testimony to share with you when, when, he, when I get him on. Um, but the other day on Christmas Eve, he did a, a show. And I had not had the opportunity yet to show Hedia uh, any of his previous messages or even really tell her about him very much. And um, uh, and I talked about this yesterday that after we got done listening to after sharing just a little portion, we, we watched the whole thing. And when she says floored, literally, literally, she is laying on the floor after <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> after Rick's message. And so that was exciting. Holy Spirit power. He yeah. has an anointing on him like nothing I've ever seen. Oh. Well, I'm going to share a story uh, that will uh, will blow you away. Uh, but uh, but uh, you know, I don't have a huge uh, um, introduction for Rick. He's a business successful businessman, multimillionaire, successful in the gems and real estate and uh, network marketing. Uh, he has a business school that he runs called Overcome Nation. He is an, uh, just an amazing guy. He's give he's uh, had wells uh, built in. Um, uh, Africa or India? Oh my gosh, I should remember this. <laughs> I mean, it just, there's so many things that we could say positive about him. He's been a missionary, uh, but we'll bring on Rick and we'll have him tell a little bit of the story. But what I want to do first is I want to share a little bit of the message from um, uh, Christmas Eve so that you kind of get a, fl a flavor uh, for Rick. This is... Um, we, we, we um, both on the business side of things, he can talk about, you know, uh, motivation about, you know, becoming a, a strong business owner, about what it means to be a business owner and an entrepreneur. And um, uh, and we really like it when he yells, when he gets there, when he, when he growls. Uh, and so he does it also in uh, in the messages. So here we go. We're just going to share a little bit of Rick here. I'll bring it up. I'm going to make sure and mute my mic, but let's uh, get a little taste of Rick here. Smith Wigglesworth used to say that uh, fear looks, but faith jumps. Fear looks. It looks. It looks at it. Fear looks at it. Okay, what am I going to do? Should I jump or should I not? Fear just looks, but faith. Whoa, I'm going. Faith jumps. See, some of you are still thinking about you only see Jesus as the Lamb of God. You don't see him as the Lion of Judah. And you have to understand that he is both. Some of you have been getting your butt kicked for decades because your revelation of who Jesus is is that, and although beautiful, what the Lamb of God did for us changed changed everything but he has authority see you're still looking him on this cross like he's like this you know 120 pound you know person that's just limp and weak still hanging on hanging on the cross he got off of that thing he put the devil under his feet he conquered he went into the camp of the enemy he took the keys back and made every demon in hell, including the devil, bow before him. And he took those keys and he gave them to you. See, I want to I wanna share something with you that's very important before I leave. 
many times as you come to the cross and you get saved in the beginning of you, you're so thankful that, you know, that, that, you know, Jesus and that your sins are forgiven and that what he did on the cross was so beautiful and how it freed you, <clears throat> it freed you from the heavy weights of bondage and sorrow and sadness and all of that, that you see him as that lamb that was slain. You see that. And you can't help but want to stay in that place. I understand you can't help but want to stay in that place. It's so beautiful what he did on the cross for us. It's so beautiful you want to camp out. But what you read after the cross, what you read about what he did and how he put the devil under his feet, you begin to see him not just as the Lamb of God, but the Lion of Judah the reverence of the Lord, the power and the authority and the victory. You saw that. You saw that in his life, and he gave that to you. And everywhere he walked, the miraculous happened. Sorry about that. I forgot to unmute myself. How does that make you feel listening to yourself? I was thinking, man, when I when I when I stepped on to the platform to actually teach, I had no idea what I was going to say. You know, uh, somebody asked me if I would do something for Christmas, and and I remember in the beginning I said, "Well, all right, I'll get up there. I really don't know what I'm going to talk about." I just hope that it's anointed when it happens because, you know, without the anointing, you know, the words are, are dry. And then when I, when I see that, I just go, I'm fascinated by it because I had no idea what was going to come out. It was, it was amazing. How, how, I mean, over here, she's watching it again and I just hear her, you know, just amen and just the breathing. <laughs> uh, how does that, I mean, how, how, why just, does that move you? I, it moves me because I, I so I'm a, I'm a recent, uh, recently saved. I mean, it's three years now, but that camping out at the lamb um, and the, and just being saved, it was such a beautiful place. And I wanted to stay there. And he's like, nope, you're going out in the field, battle tested, combat ready. And I was like, what? so touched me so just to learn a little bit about yourself uh, a, a little bit more what what is your testimony what what led you to jesus christ is this um uh, you know were you born uh, into a family that uh, of christians uh, where where did you find that you um you know found god and and jesus christ well um you know i come from a family of of jews and um mm -hmm. You know, before I could read, my mom was already preparing me. She wanted me to know that my tribe is that I, we come from is from the tribe of Levi, which is which is Moses and Aaron. And uh, she would color such an amazing picture of what it means to be from the priesthood, you know, and the bloodline. And um, in fact, our last name was not Gutman. It was Leibovitz. Right. Oh wow! So um, my grandfather was the first Jew to leave the rabbinic tribe. Every single one of my grandfathers before him were all rabbis, right? So when he left in Romania, his parents tore their clothes off in the middle of the streets because he didn't want to be a rabbi, and they sent him to 
the United States and and uh, moved in with his aunt and took on his aunt's husband's name of Gutman. And then later he became a Christian and raised uh, 11 children as as Christians. So so growing up, my mom made sure that I understood, you know, the 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 lineage and the ancestry. Right. But I had no idea they wore little yarmulkes on their head. I, I thought they, I thought they were Vikings, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw them wear yarmulkes. I was like, wait, what? what? That's not strong. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And, um, but, so my mom loved the Lord. She was very, very uh, intimate with God. She was very prophetic. I grew up. You know, in Anaheim, California, we we used to go to Melody Land, and I remember yeah. seeing Catherine Kuhlman at a young age. And um, I was supposed to have surgery on a Monday morning, and Sunday, um, we went to to this church service, and I got healed, and I did not have to have surgery the next day. And I was only seven at that time, and so Jesus became like. You know, he showed me the S on his chest. You know, he became my hero from that day forth because, you know, I was so afraid. I did not want to have surgery. And uh, then all of a sudden, you know, I didn't need it. And uh, so it, it was absolutely miraculous. And um, and so uh, I grew up knowing Jesus and learned all the stories long before I could you know, read and before I even really read the Bible. And, um, and then there was, you know, my mom passed away when I was 18 and for about five years, I, I was so mad at God. I didn't want anything to do with him, you know? And, um, and then, uh, 23 years old, 22, 23, I decided I, I can't live without Jesus in my life. I had no peace mm-hmm. and rededicated my life to the Lord. And that led to 12 years of Bible school and nine years preaching the gospel to the Muslims in Egypt and Indonesia and the darkest countries of the world. And so I saw miracles and uh, thousands of demon possessions and you had to deal with it. You know, nobody else was there. And so I got, I, that's where I really began to understood the power of what I was talking about of the lion of Judah, you know, because when you go into that territory, a very strong, dark, dark demonic territory, where they sacrifice the blood gods and all of that, you have to go in with your armor. You can't go in thinking you're just going to, you know, paint a church or do something like that. Like you go into, you go into warfare. And um, it was, it was, it was fascinating because when I went the first time I came across somebody that was demon possessed, I immediately could feel that, 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 the, that spiritual, warfare just rise up on the inside i felt the lion of judah just want to confront and in every situation that person got free from demonic possession it never never once did it did they not get free and everything i used to read in like the book of acts i was i was walking out and seeing it and it really is true i mean you can name every name you want but at the name of jesus that demonic spirit has to bow and uh and uh and deliverance comes immediately and uh, and seeing that witnessing that over and over thousands of times 
you come back different. You understand that we are in a we are in a war, and he wins. Well, that explains so much the amount of uh, training uh, that you've had. I mean, uh, I talk about this all the time, and you talk about this in the, in the school. I think from time to time that there, there's one thing about being that reading books, listening to lectures, but there's nothing like actually being in the action that really begins to, to train you and then speaking about it and speaking to others about it and teaching them about it and discipleship and all that it even adds more to yourself as a trainer, as a, as a speaker, you had a, a reaction when he, when he talked about, <laughs> about uh, Muslims, right? Yeah. I'm just, I, I am just so excited. That's the experience I had. It was in those two countries. We made fun of the whole like uh, toilet situation. Yeah. Well, he mentioned Indonesia, so that's one of the countries where that <laughs> occurs. But nonetheless, uh, the whole issue of going—I mean, Indonesia is just filled with demons. So um, I just—I want to hear so much more about that story, but maybe another time. But I <laughs> uh, can't wait. Thousands of them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, she, uh, do you know uh, Hedio was worked uh, counterterrorism for the our country. Uh, worked for five different presidents and. Um, uh, of, of the Muslim faith. Right? Yes, I, and, and I was a Muslim at the time. Yeah. I was a devout wow. Muslim for 22 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Praise the yes. Lord. Yes. <laughs> yes, I had my road to Damascus experience. That was just yeah, incredible. But yeah, and the Lord's just revealed this, the reality of why I went through all of that and and, yeah. and seeing all the demons. And, and they used to tell me that I could cast out the demons in the name of Jesus, but I would see the demons and I would go to do it. And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. You know, just like the Bible says that you would say, you know, but Lord, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. But I refuse to do it. I was scared to do it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I understand. Um, I, I, this might be a good time. I, I just want to share uh, a little bit of my experience with with Rick. And uh, we we've seen each other at conventions. We have a mutual friend in Vinnie Pizzo um, on the phone. Um, uh, one actually, before I tell that story, um, I was going to get into network marketing and then he was talking to me over a couple of different phone calls. And then the third phone call, he just says, okay, well, I'm, I'm done with you if you're not ready to come over. <laughs> and, uh, I've told the story several times and he goes, there's nothing else I can do. I, I, I tried because if you're not willing, then, uh, this is our last phone call. And I go, all right, I'm coming over. Got to learn it. And, uh, and I came over to Visteo from another company. So that was pretty powerful, but. So we, I've, I've always enjoyed talking to you. We've had opportunities to talk at many of the conventions, just one-on-one -on -one and at dinner and that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until, and I, and I hope it was a Marriott, right? We were in a Marriott at uh, Salt yeah. Lake City. I could be getting yes. this wrong. And so we were in a Marriott in Salt Lake City at a convention. And on Sunday, he has a service that he does after the, the two days of the convention. <clears throat> I went there just thinking, we're going to hear some music. And he's going to be praising the Lord. And I go, that sounds really good. And there's a portion and Rick, and I'm not sure if you, again, I, I, I think sometimes I think you go into a trance. I, I'm not really even sure if you may even, even remember this, but uh, there was a moment in the message. And I don't remember exactly where it was in the message where you asked all of us in the room to close our eyes and imagine Jesus standing in front of us and to then eventually reach out and touch his face. Well, I'm a police officer for 20 years. I have investigated um, uh, thousands of, of people from different crimes, including sex crimes and uh, domestic violence to robberies and that kind of stuff. And I'm always skeptical about everything. I'm skeptical about the witnesses, the, the victims and the suspects. <laughs> and I don't believe anybody. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm telling you what I'm about to tell you is so true because I would not tell you this. But and I hope I don't have to leave the, the screen again. I may have to leave the camera again. No. But uh, <laughs> but uh, when he said close your eyes, 
and the music was slightly playing in the background and he was talking through this act of reaching out and touching Jesus' face. Jesus appeared to me and was standing in front of me and I touched his face. I felt his skin. Amen. Um, the interesting thing is that after that was over uh, and I'm, I'm just kind of rushing through it because I don't want to begin bawling, but um, I cannot tell you what he looked like. It is a very odd thing. He yet, yet I know he was standing in front of me and yet I know I touched his face and I know I had the experience and it, it has changed my life since. And since that day, my life has been, has not been the same. And I've been a Christian, a Christian. <laughs> For years, but I don't think I was really a Christian until that day. Um, uh, and I, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for that, that God speaking through, being there, uh, deciding to have it on that Sunday. You've had them every Sunday, but deciding to have it on that Sunday. Uh, I just want to thank you. I, and I, I sent you a message immediately following when I got home and, and told you about it and just said, this is, I, I've, I don't even know what to say. I, I can't even explain it to myself and I don't even want to believe myself. It's so odd. Um, but do you do you recall that day? Do you remember? I mean, there were other people. There were people falling on the ground. It was a, a spectacular day. Uh, do you have any memories of that day uh, in addition to what happened with me? Yeah, it's. <clears throat> I, I remember. I remember the moment and. Um, the Lord said, why are you? why are you looking up into the sky? I'm standing right here in front of you. Mm. And um, I just repeated what I heard. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't know that, that you actually, that it, it, I didn't know that. I don't, I don't remember or recall you saying that. <laughs> Wow. And, um, but that's so powerful, you know, but, uh, I do, I do, I do. I remember the moment because it was a very intimate moment, um, between he and I and, uh, but we're just a conduit, you know what I mean? And, you know, when, when you're, when you're, when you're communicating with so many people at one place, you say what you hear, right? Because, you know, he's not singular. What he does mm -hmm. for one, he'll do for another. He's no respecter of persons. And so, you know, many of the intimate moments that I feel when the Lord speaks to me, I share it with everyone because if he's saying it to me, he's saying it to everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I remember that that was a very powerful, powerful moment i mean i think there was over 200 people that gave their lives to jesus and there was only about 210 that were in the room <laughs> <laughs> oh praise god it, it, it was um and um courtney uh kathleen um uh, I, don't, I don't know how you guys found each other <laughs> i want to hear that story uh, how is that possible because <laughs> she stepped in as almost like the um i don't i don't i don't want to just give her any disservice but she was like you're like you were the doctor and she was your assistant like people were falling on the ground and she was there to scoop them up and hold them and uh there was one girl that i was sitting next to that just went down and it was it was totally just in I don't know. I don't know. But She's Kathleen recognized her right away and 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 yeah. stayed with her for probably an hour, uh, yeah. talking to her and and speaking to her. You were like just there on the stage next to us, and you'd yeah. look down at her, and you just kept going. I remember. <laughs> I remember vividly. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, when all was, that stuff happens, you're like, "It's a good meeting." 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when people Holy get free, they get delivered, right? There's all kinds Amen. of stuff going on in the room, right? Yeah. I mean, when you know the the Holy Spirit is a is is wild. I love the Holy Spirit. He's so colorful, and when he enters the room, all you have to do is let him lead, you know. And when the Holy Spirit steps in the room atmospheres change and mm. miracles happen and mm. you know people get free on internally they get free physically they get free demonically um and uh and so i remember that you know, i looked over to my left shoulder and and or and looked down and um courtney courtney was ministering to this this woman for yeah well over an hour you know meanwhile something over here somebody's bawling their head off over here you know <laughs> in ministry over here and i'm just like it's 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 a beautiful mess when the holy spirit shows mm. up and does wow. has the freedom to do whatever he wants to do and and when you see that when you feel that and you feel him enter the room you, you you let you you know you don't you just stand back and so in the midst of all the chaos what it looks to the natural eye many times is this beautiful freedom that's taking place right and and to the natural eye sometimes it could look it looks so much different than what is happening in the in the realm of the spirit and 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 some some leaders or pastors you know they never get to a point where they really understand. They feel like they need to do something or correct or whatever. And the best thing to do is just get out of the way, you know, and uh, and that's exactly, you know, what what we what we practice. And, um, you know, when you've been on when you go to different countries, when you go to different countries, you get you get a real crash course to see what it takes for some of them to have freedom. And what takes one location in the earth uh, a way to be free in maybe their worship or the way they preach, and you go to another part where they're under a very dark spirit, there there are manifestations that take place that that are become like a battering ram in the spirit. And to the natural eye, you can go, man, this is chaos. But then you see the breakout and the breakthrough, and you're like, wow, that's powerful. You know, and he just cleans it all up. The Holy Spirit just, he just does it all. And people get up, you know, some of them are foaming at the mouth for a while and they they get free completely. Hello, yep. everyone. Welcome to church. I'm just going to talk about it. <laughs> right. And they get up and they're praising Jesus and they're sobbing and they have their hands in the air. Like they, they've been free for the first time from a prison cell and you can see it. It's remarkable what's happening to their body, to their the countenance. Like they, you see them just adore Jesus in a way without they 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 without reservation by the end of it. And you know that the master showed up. Yeah. And and, and got people free. And and all of our events are like that, to be honest. I, I just had this vision. It's it was similar because what you were talking about, this chaos was happening because people were laying on the ground, people were bawling, people were like covering their face and on their knees, and tons of people were on their knees. And it just reminded me of when you as a police officer and a SWAT team, when you throw a flashbang into a room, 
And it's just like, this was like a <laughs> God's flashbang. Like, everybody just like, whoa, whoa. And it was, it was, it was spectacular. And I, I mean, I'm telling you this from a guy who is very, I, I don't believe, I mean, prior to now, prior to then, I just would not believe that ever happened. If you would have told me the story that at seven years old that you were healed after surgery, I would have said, oh, okay, good, good, Rick. Yeah, thanks. Nice knowing you. Uh, and that's a really <laughs> good story. Uh, but I totally believe, I believe you, I, I, I believe it, I believe everything, uh, especially seeing Courtney work. Courtney is obviously on here. This is what Jesus called us to do, heal the sick, raise the dead, uh, cleanse those who yes. have uh, leprosy, uh, drive out demons freely, freely you have received, freely, freely give. Amen, oh, sister. Courtney, you're amazing. <laughs> Don't need to say anything else after that. No, we're done. Bye. No, um, I, I do want to, to jump on the subject here because this is, I mean, I just want everybody to hear my testimony, why I, I love you so much and why I appreciate you as a friend and always being there for me and Courtney too. Courtney is a, an amazing uh, partner of yours. Um, I, I hope that's okay to say. Is that okay to say partner? Um, um, uh, but um, I, I want to understand if you can explain what's happened to men. What's happened to men? <laughs> What is going on? Uh, it's just like uh, what some of the words. I'm gonna share some of the words that you used um, in your uh, in your live that you did on on New Year's Eve. But um, I like this part here. You need you need faith, not a pacifier. That was awesome. Um, and then you talk about as he exhaled, we inhaled the breath of God. And then this part here, where we move violently against the power of this situation, of the, the situations that have been holding you back. And the reason I bring this up with men is that um, there, we just don't have enough men fighting for what is right, fighting for our country, fighting for um, uh, women in their marriage, fighting for women in their relationships, fighting for uh, men, fighting for their children in schools and what's happening in our schools. It really seems like the demons have taken over and the men are just kind of standing back and not and not taking hold. When you when you were speaking on Christmas Eve, I felt like there was a part of it. You were just like, get your act, your act together. There's a better way of saying it. Um, and, um, you know, move violently against the power of the situation that have been the situations that have been holding you back. Yes. Um, and then saying you don't have trials. You just need more faith. Um, and people, oh, I, this is terrible. We've well, been in COVID-19. This is really bad. Right. And um, I, I'm not sure if this is make, making any sense, but I feel like we, we need more men to step up uh, in faith and, and for all these things that are going on in our country. Take over, Rick. <laughs> uh, well, there's, there's a couple of things that I could say about that. And one is, um, first, let me, let me, let me, let me just make an umbrella statement. One thing I've always loved about you is that you're a police officer. And mm -hmm. when I get a chance to spend time with you, I feel like <clears throat> there's that common ground because my father was, was an LA County Sheriff. And I love and respect um, anyone who's, who steps in, into the line of fire and is willing to be the first responders and, and all of that. And I learned so much because I had a dad who was a, that was a real dude. You know what I mean? He was a real man. And, uh, and my connection with you is that same, I have that same connection with you that I had with my dad because of law enforcement. And there's a great respect that comes with that, you know? And it's men like you that help shape and form men like me, right? That grow up to be men like me, right? Because you have to stand for something. And the Bible is very specific. Jesus said that, 
Jesus said that, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it, but when you don't have a root in yourself, then you just blow whatever direction the wind will take you. You have to have a strong root in yourself, right? And, and I'll add to that, you know, Jesus didn't come to unify. He came to divide and he said it himself, mm -hmm. right? And, and so, so the, when you haven't spent the time in the word, when you spend time in the world, you word, you realize that he is, he had his character, his character is let your yes be yes and your no be no. His character shapes you and forms you because you fall in love with truth. And his character is, you know, when he, when he allows things to happen in our life, it's to make us stronger, more fit for the road ahead to walk in our purpose and our call and our destiny you can't do that without a with or without a root in yourself in other words knowing who you are and then knowing who god is right but then he introduces us to the enemy so you need to know who you are right know who god is and then you need to know who the enemy is and then now you're left with a choice now you have to know that you have to stand and you have to you have to press in and you have to resist, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then we saw Jesus going about and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. And what did he do? Everywhere he went, he laid hands on the sick. He raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He drove out demons. He had a strong command about him. And, you know, when, when, I'm just going to say it. There's too many weak-kneed churches out there that are not preaching the truth of the gospel. Because the closer Amen. you get to Jesus, the more you become like him and make the same stands that he makes. You stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil roams like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So he's like a roaring lion. He isn't the lion. And he seeks who he may devour. In other words, he can't devour everyone. He only devours the weak those that don't understand uh, about um, or that are not equipped in the word of God, right? And so, so there are too many churches that are singing Kumbaya when they should have the roar of the lion on the inside of them and, and to move forward. You know, when Jesus said, occupy until I come, that's not, that's not a, that's not a, a statement of let's just play church, occupy, occupy until I come. It's, it's not just a fortress doing nothing, just holding the fort. To occupy in, in the way he described it is an advancement to move forward, to take on new territory, to invade the, the, the devil's camps, right? To go after people, those that, that don't know the Lord or don't know how to find freedom, to occupy until he comes. It's not a, it's not, it's not a, a, well, we just want to love everyone, right? When you love somebody, right? Love, see, true love confronts. True love confronts. It confronts. If you love somebody enough, you love your child enough, you confront, right? And you teach them the ways of the Lord. And, and, um, there are too many churches that don't want to offend. And I know something about this because of the business that I'm in. I've had, you know, after so many years of ministry, 
and then so many years of business. And then in the type of business I'm in, as you go, you rise in leadership, you have, you have people that follow you and trust you and they're part of your business and all of that. And, and in the church, what happens very naturally, it sneaks in and it should never have been is that, you know, if you are, if you make a stand and it's a political stance or it is a cultural stance, or if you side with the word, see the word of God should always offend our mind. <laughs> the word of God should see we are, the word of God is so strong that our opinions don't matter. Our opinions have to conform to his word. And we're surrounded by churches that are, that are conforming to their opinions and not his word. Right. Mm -hmm. So their, their politics have become greater than his word. That's very dangerous territory. Right. You have to submit to his opinions. And as you get strong, as you get, as you read more and more of the word and follow his character, his nature and, and his word, those, none of those three will, neither one of those three will contradict themselves, his character, his word and his nature. They won't contradict um, themselves. And so as you take on that garment and become more like him, you make that stand, you move forward. You're always advancing. You speak not necessarily what you think you speak what he thinks so let me just get a little bit political here right because you know i mean you put me on the plat on the platform so i'm just going <laughs> yeah. to them both barrels right i don't yeah if, if god is against abortion i'm not going to go in the voting booth and leave jesus outside and go you know what you better stay outside of this voting booth, Jesus, because you're probably not going to want to know the way, you know, that I'm about to vote for somebody that is actually for abortion. No, it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what he think, right? It yeah. doesn't matter what you think. What I think matters what he think. And yes. so, so, so that's what I mean. Like the, the Bible should, takes precedence and priority over, over our opinions and our opinions are supposed to become more and more and more like the Bible. And the Bible is very specific. We are to occupy until he comes. We are to not hold our tongue, but to speak the goodness of the Lord. And man, there's so many directions I can go. I don't want to be long-winded yeah. <laughs> here. But I maybe it's a good time for me to say, you know, the 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 men, many of the men, because of they don't read the Bible or they go to a watered down church that doesn't really truly speak the truth. So they end up being about that deep, right? Super shallow and not really understanding the revelation of the word because it's the revelation that, that we have as people that know Jesus, that Jesus looked at Peter and says, the rock of revelation will be the church that will never be put down. I'm totally mm -hmm. paraphrasing, but that's the truth, right? It's the rock of revelation of who he is, what he did right and you get that revelation on the inside of you you feel fire in your belly right like jeremiah said i tried to contain the word until it became like fire shut up in my bones you can't contain it right when the holy spirit lives and breathes on the inside of you, you can't contain it you are compelled to confront and so and so you know when i i remember i did a long teaching many many years ago and it was about the very first war that was ever done was done by God. It was done in the heavens when Lucifer rose up against uh, against Michael and Michael, the leader of the tribe of warring angels, rose up against the devil and Satan, Lucifer. 
and against his worshiping angels because that's what he did and and there was a great war in heaven and satan fell like lightning to the earth so mm -hmm. to say that god doesn't confront you know we we see it all through the bible and on this side of the cross we are to confront give grace love but an act of war is is to lay hands on the sick healing is an act of war to love somebody through their issues is an act of war why is it an act of war because the devil hates that <laughs> forgiveness is an act of war because the devil hates that right so so that's what we're talking about when 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 jesus said you know for the violent take it by force you have to be spiritually violent to be strong and especially in this dispensation we are we are in, in the birth pangs of the last days and that is not a coincidence everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice you need to understand that there is a call on your life there is a purpose and a destiny and if you and and i would challenge everyone to dig deeper go deeper in him he will give you your marching orders he will tell you what to do he'll tell you what to say when the time is right and you will confront you won't bow you won't bow amen wow I have I have some stuff to say. I'm just I'm just <laughs> just just bringing it on in. Uh, and if you ever want to step in, you just step right in. Uh, but um, first of all, you, you know Jack Hibbs with Calvary Chapel Tuna Hills, and uh, um, and and one of the things you talked about reminded me of what he spoke about today. That he's running an ad in Georgia, uh, and from a pastor from Southern California, that's just simply saying, "Vote for the people that are uh, pro life." And he doesn't, he says, I don't even name the candidates. He goes, all you, all you need to do is understand that you're either for pro, uh, pro-life or you are not. Uh, and he says, the message is, he goes, what, 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 what a pastor from California, what's he doing running ads, a political ad in Georgia, but just simply to remind people, Hey, when you're voting, you got to vote for the person. That's and don't end up like us. And don't, yeah, he goes, don't, don't end up like California. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so and he said, and then people were said, you're, you know, that's dangerous. You know, you are you're not concerned for your safety when you do stuff like that. But that's why I brought up this thing about men is that being a Christian, what I thought when I was uh, when I was agnostic, I, I guess is the best best way of putting it. I was a recovering Catholic. Is that um, religion? Being a Christian was uh, for the weak, right? For the not so manly men. Yeah. And what I've learned is that if you're going to be a man of God. It is not. <laughs> you cannot be weak. You must be strong. If you're going to be speaking about God and about pro-life and about, you know, our schools and what's happening in our schools, you're going to be attacked. So it's not for somebody that, uh, that is of weak mind. Uh, when you look at somebody like Antifa or BLM, and sorry to go to these areas, but we we're kind of talking about it. Um, I was at a, a rally where they tried to come in and we and just the, the strong Christian men that were there, they ran and they went to the sheriff and asked for help because they were afraid of the, the, the conservative Christian men that were there that had far more power and far more strength. Uh, and so just understand, you know, being a Christian is not for the weak, weak need, uh, not not for, um, you know, somebody who thinks, um, you know, that uh, they're going to go there and just like handing out flowers to people. That's not what it's all about. If you're going to be a Christian man, you better be strong. Yeah, and, and I you know there's there's a there's an underlying uh, philosophy that's so wrong. And that is that when you know Jesus, you become very passive. You know, you can be very forgiving, 
but it doesn't mean that you're a doormat to be to be stepped on right we are to confront and and uh it's interesting because many times on i'll, I'll put a post on my facebook wall and you know i'll get somebody who doesn't really has never really read the bible that much and they have an idea about what religion says but they don't have a revelation about what jesus says right and that's why i always say you know when you read his character in every situation that he addressed how he confronted how he rose up why he rose up strong men and women to to change a city save a city change the direction change the course of 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 falling to demonic forces and false idol worship and all of that his character and then you saw his nature because many times you saw you he always spotted when somebody turned from their ways or repented or were very understanding or or humble in his nature he was very quick to forgive because he saw where he was about to bring a strong hand upon them right a strong violent hand upon them in their humility and as they would literally would acknowledge that god is god you know um in their in their humility he was quick to forgive them so you saw how he dealt with certain situations you saw his beautiful wonderful forgiving nature in the midst of that and uh and then you saw it reflected in his word. So it brings a beautiful balance of understanding how God, what God, what God would do in this situation. Because you see all through the Bible, you see his character, you see his nature. Sometimes he forgave, sometimes he was harsh, right? Sometimes he's full of grace. But soon as somebody, soon as somebody were quick to, to repent, man, he was right there to forgive them, you know? And, and so as we see the history of the Old Testament and then the life of Jesus beyond that, the two became one. But it didn't change his character in the, in, in the, in the way of how to stand in the midst of darkness. That didn't change. We just wore differently. Right? And so when people have an idea of religion and not relationship, they think that we're not we're supposed to not say anything and the reason why we're in this mess in terms of the united states is that is because the church has not has not uh occupied until he comes right we've become right. so passive that now we're now we're there's great correction that needs to take place can I yeah. ask something? Yeah, uh, you said that that phrase actually that I was going to ask you about is that it's not a religion, it's about relationship. And you've talked of all the the weaknesses of the church right now. For our listeners and people that are watching and want that Holy Spirit power that you have and want a relationship with Christ, what advice would you give them? How do they build that relationship? Well, you know, surrender, right? Surrendering. And, you know, I can always say, like my mom and dad used to say, you know, Ricky, when you're confused, you don't have all the answers or you're in worry, or you're doubt, you're in doubt. Just talk to God like he's like he's your dad. Right. He already knows what you're confused about. 
right? And he goes, just be honest with him. It's the only way yeah. you can be with the Lord. And that's surrender. Lord, I don't understand. I'm in such a bad situation right now. I know exactly how I got into it, or I don't know how I got into it. All I can say is, Lord, help me. Help me. Get on your knee and just say, help me. Show me. Teach me. Right? Show me. Show me what I need to do. Show me what way I need to go. Right? That's that submission. That's humility. And, 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 and if you want more of God, you just say it. Lord, I want more of you. I want you to speak into my want my mind. I want you to speak into my spirit. I want I want to have a deeper relationship with you, and spend that time in prayer and in worship and in fasting. Fasting and prayer does more for your faith than anything else, uh, in any other way. Even Jesus said when you know when the disciples couldn't cast out a demon, he came to him and and. Uh, and he he ordered them to come out and then they you know just come out and they said lord how we did everything we could to get him free how come it wouldn't it, it didn't happen for us he said this time he goes because of your lack of faith this type only comes out through prayer and fasting so he recognized that they didn't have enough faith and then the the, the very next thing he said this comes out through prayer and fasting so Prayer and fasting will deepen your well of belief, deepen your well of faith, right? You, you begin to carry a greater unction of hearing the Holy Spirit and a greater authority, right? So you know what to do in that, in that moment, right? And, and uh, you rely upon his voice. And the more you, the more you give yourself open, over to that, uh, the more God can breathe on the inside of you. And use you, you know, and he'll he will speak to you. He says, "My sheep know my voice." He doesn't. It's always been God's desire from the beginning to speak to His children. It's always been His desire from the garden. Adam walked with Him in the cool of the day, and the devil's done everything he could to 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 bring a disconnection between man and God. He's always, even as we call, go, go through the Old Testament, right? When he would speak from an open heaven and then they said, you know, we, you know, we, we want, we, and then he only used prophets, you know, and nobody else could hear the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit only moved upon the prophets, but no one else. So nobody can hear the Spirit of God until Jesus released the comforter, released the teacher as in his resurrection and said, I, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm sending you, I'm paraphrasing, a spirit of fire, right? You're going to have fire in your belly. You're going to have, you're going to want to confront. You're going to speak with authority. And when we see that happen in the upper room, all of a sudden in the 120 in the upper room, I mean, when the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind, they're like, they saw Peter stand up and speaking. We're like, wasn't he an uneducated man? How is it that he speaks with such authority? That's what happens when the Holy Ghost fills you, right? Mm, he makes so you want to just, whoa, let's go, right? He want, makes you want to confront. And that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. You know, this picture behind me, you know, with all the different colors of, uh, of Jesus. To, you know, to me, I don't know if the, the painter understood this, but to me, it speaks to me because I've always felt the Holy Spirit has always been in terms of, you know, uh, he did crazy things, you know, miraculous things, right? It was the Holy Spirit that performed certain things that we see when, like when, when God was delivering the Jews out of, out of, uh, out of Egypt, 
and you saw the pillar, you know, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. Guess who that was? Right. That was the Holy Spirit right there. Right. Yeah. So they're always they're always, you know, he was always there. He was always doing amazing things. And so when I look at these colors, I've always said the Holy Spirit is the most colorful of all of them. Right. Oh, wow. He just comes in. He does stuff that that is just so miraculous and so awing, right? So you're just, my Lord, that's amazing. I mean, it's the Holy Spirit that came in and divided the waters for them to cross over on dry land. 3.2 million Jews out of Egypt. He just came in and just did, you're like, no way. What's he going to do next? He's, he's the most colorful out of the three, in my Amen. opinion. So when I see that picture of Jesus, to me, it's like, it's the embodiment, you know, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know, because I'd love to get to know the Holy Spirit, you know, because he is, he's, he is that mighty rushing wind, you know, he's, and in, in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah, um, he says, I have, I have an act, and I have a strange act, and I have a work, and I have a strange work. So in other words, he has an act that he does traditionally where you can expect it. But then he also has a strange, a strange one where you go, wow, I haven't seen him do that before. Right. And I have a work, a traditional work. And then I have a strange work where you're like, man, you didn't do it like that before. And we see that manifestation of life in Jesus as he laid hands on the sick. Like sometimes he spit in the mud and wiped it in their eyes. Sometimes mm -hmm. he spoke it. One time he had to he had to lay hands on on uh, on on a man twice before he got healed, right? And so he always did it in a different way, and I love that about the Holy Spirit. And we look in the Old Testament; God doesn't like formulas. He wants you to hear the sound of His voice. He doesn't Amen. want you to get so used to a tradition like Jesus will always do it like this. No, he has an act and he has a strange act. He has a work and he has a strange work. What he wants you to understand, what's he want, what he wants more than anything is for you to hear the sound of his voice so he can communicate to you the things that, that, that are necessary to bring about victory in the situation that you're in. And if you, if you think he's only going to do it as a formula every time, you'll miss it because you're not really listening to his voice. You, we get on autopilot as as you know as christians right and god doesn't yeah. like autopilot because there's you lose relationship when 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 autopilot you know because now you're not engaged at all you're not part of it he wants you to be engaged he wants you he wants you to understand why he does what he does um and to speak it no matter how weird it sounds to the natural eye you know the 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 mm -hmm the most important part is that intimacy with him where you can hear the sound of his voice, no matter how he wants to do it. I mean, we've seen some weird stuff in the old Testament where the ax head, you know, rose to the top of the water. We're like, how did that happen? Right. I mean, why does he do stuff like that? Why did he just let him see, let him grab the water or swim down? And no, he's like, I want to, you want, I want to do something that's strange. How does an ax head float to the top of the water? Right. <laughs> How did so the part? How did uh, Elijah outrun the chariot? How did he, you know, eat a, 
you know, eat a, 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 some, some bread and didn't have to eat for another 40 days and it energized them, you know, like you have all of these amazing things that happen in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that's colorful. That's powerful. Right. And it's not a formula. He doesn't like formulas. Thank you. That was awesome. So good. And I think out of that, uh, it brings me to one of the things I wanted to talk about because you you talked about it so deeply on uh, Christmas Eve. And it, was it Michael Montez that asked you to do that Christmas Eve? Yeah. yeah he's on right now. Just uh, has a fire going on for you. So thank you, Michael, for doing that or else we would not be here talking right now, probably. Um, but um, the one thing that the gift you get from um, from from believing uh, from being a believer is that you uh, no longer fear at least you shouldn't right you should should no longer have fear and what a question uh, that i want to share with people in your new year's eve was um well one first one of the things you shared was a quote from what's the gentleman's name you, you'll recognize oh, wiggle wigglesworth uh, yeah wigglesworth. fear uh, fear yeah. looks faith jumps Yes. And then you began asking people, where's your roar? Like, what happened? Where is everybody? <laughs> like, why are you whimpering? Why are you hiding in this uh, in this in this world that, that has been created by politics, has been, be, been created by people that want simply want us to be fearful? Uh, people need to come out with their war. And then you asked, so why are you so defeated and scared? And um, uh, there was one more that I had here for you. Oh, there it is. Um, and uh, what do you want from the Lord? So in in the, in this fearful time, how how? You know, how do people get this gift from God? And it goes along, I think, with Hedia's question. But the, the fear is really the thing that's driving all the problems that we're having in our country. Well, you know, there are so many, there are hundreds and hundreds of scriptures about the Lord's protection. He always mm -hmm. protected the faithful. He always protected um, the one that always, always protected faith, Right. Um, he is quick. He is quick to let you know that if you call upon his name, he will deliver you. That's why I love Psalm 91. You know, he that dwells in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. I will say of the Lord that he is my shield. He is my refuge. He is my strength in him. I will trust. Right. And, and you read that whole Psalm 91, that should, that, that whole chapter, is all about his protection and it's everywhere all through the bible but that's one that should be alive on the inside of every single person knowing i you know when i when i would go on the mission field i never sensed any danger and i always went to the most dangerous countries and the dangerous parts of those countries right wow. and and i never felt any fear but I would spend three, you know, three months, four months, five months praying and warring and and um, about that, about where I was going to go. And I wouldn't get on that plane until I felt a note of victory on the inside of me. In other words, everything that would that I would walk out months from now needed to be already done here in my home as I prayed. Right. I would pray and fast every other day. And months would go by until I was like, okay, it's done. Now it's time to go. And when I did go, it's a trip because, you know, I would mourn every time I left the United States, I would mourn. And what I mean by that is I, I, I knew that there was a good chance that I would never come back. 
you know, with each trip and didn't want to say goodbye to my family, you know, my sister and my dad. And, you know, um, I wasn't in any, any relationships back then. And so um, that's why I had the free, it felt the freedom um, to, to, to go and hey, if I don't come back, all good, you know. But I have to tell you that once I got on that plane to go, I never felt fear in any situation. I was in some really dark situations where it looked like, you know, they were going to take me. And even the people that they sent would get saved, you know. And, um, and so there were some really dark, bad situations where um, I just never felt any, I knew that I knew that I knew that his angels would protect me. And I can't speak for all the other missionaries out there. And, you know, I know people get martyred and that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying for me, I knew I had such I had such a knowing on the inside of me that no matter how the situation was going to go down, that, you know, I would literally witness angels fighting right in front of me if that was the case. And so um, because I had I stood on those scriptures that were alive on the inside of me, he says he will deliver you. He says he will protect you, right? He says, I will give him my salvation for he has known my name. And with long life, I will satisfy him, right? So right. you stand and memorize all of those scriptures, right? Man perishes with for lack of knowledge. So this is what I want to say to everyone out there. If there's a scripture out there that you're not aware of, then you don't know how to stand. You have to understand that the devil mm -hmm. is very legal. He's like an attorney. He knows what he has to yeah. obey and what he does not like have to obey because he knows the word better than you do right so if you were to go into court you need to know and understand the vocabulary of the legal system right otherwise you lose you need to know what you have a what you have a right to according to this and that you know so but in so as a christian you need to be equipped with the word of god so you know what to say to the devil to get him off your back you know what to say to the lord that you have a right lord you said it i didn't say it you said it you said that you would protect me you said that you would keep the angels surround me Right. For the angel of the Lord is encamped around those that love God. You said it. I didn't say that. So the Lord That's loves so it when you quote him at his word. Right. Okay. Because there's a there's there's a, there's a few things that God absolutely cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot mm -hmm. die and he cannot break his word. Yeah. God cannot lie. He cannot die and he will not break his word. So when you quote mm -hmm. him at his word. He loves it. Why? Because you're mixing it with faith. He's like, that's my kid, man. He, he, I told him I was going to get him a bike. Why am I going to yeah. be mad at him? Because he says I'm going to give him his time to give me a bike. That's good advice. Right? That's it right there. So, so he honors what he says. And so, but if you don't have it, if you don't understand those, if you don't quote God at his word, then you're ignorant of it and you can perish in that area of your life, right? And there's many areas of our life. See, you know, the more we become like Jesus, the more we become closer and more equipped to what God wants the perfect man to look like, right? Jesus was the only and will only be the perfect man. But the more we become equipped, we're, be we're always being formed. We're always being formed in his image, right? When we first meet him and we're just, a, we're just an imprint, right? And then we get into the forming, right? It's just like... Like Jacob, J God said, you know, Jacob, 
Jacob I knew, but Israel I formed. They were the same guy. They were the same guy. He changed his name. Jacob I knew. He was his, his very name meant heel catcher and deceiver, right? Because he was a twin and he and he, and then and he was holding on to his brother's, you know, heel coming out of the coming out of the womb, right? Yeah. But then he betrayed his brother. He was a deceiver. Yeah. And then he had to go through God took him through all these trials where he had to wrestle with the angel of the Lord and all of that. He had to completely change his character. And then he formed him into Israel, right? Jacob I knew, but Israel I formed. I formed him to be what we now see. That would be, that become a state. Imagine a tribe becoming a state. Never before has any tribe in the world become a state, become a country, right? That alone is okay. amazing. So I know I'm long-winded on this because I'm never in a rush when we when we talk, do interviews like <laughs> this. You know, I get a chance no. to, to give it to everybody both barrels. But when you know that God's protection, you you have you 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 don't fear. Something like 650 times throughout the Bible, God says, "Do not fear, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear." Right? And the devil knows that if he can get you to fear, he can shake your faith. And you'll feel like you're on ground that's crumbling beneath you. But when you, you stand on the firm foundation of the rock, the rock of revelation, that Jesus Christ is Lord, and you become aware of his words, fear, fear will take, you know, it will take a shot at you. And there'll be some times where you can't help it. Your heart will shake, you know, but in the end, he will prove himself strong in your life. He will protect you. He will protect you. And he will strengthen you, which is another thing that he does. There's two things that I know about about God that he looks for in mankind. Two things for sure, maybe more, but I'm two things for sure that he looks for in man. First, he looks for his son in you, and the second thing he looks for is strength in you. And it's always the strength that you don't know that you have because you did not possess it in the beginning. When God speaks, he always gives you something that you did not possess and causes you to possess it, right? He's always forming. He can't help it. Every time he speaks, something is, the word has to manifest. It has to perform, right? He said, let there be light, right? So, so everything that he speaks, when he speaks to you, he's forming something in, in you and he's giving you something that you did not possess prior to that. And so as he speaks to you, he's forming you and he takes you from weakness into strength, into strength, deeper levels of strength. Why? Why does he do that? Because he wants you to have a root in yourself, knowing that he is God and there is no other. And when you represent the king, you're not going to be silent. You're going to speak it with authority. You're going to speak it with love and grace and mercy. But you're going to, but you will have zero fear. When the Holy Spirit moves on the inside of you, it starves all doubt and changes the entire atmosphere around you. Amen. You bring the atmosphere with you, right? You change the atmosphere. The, at the atmosphere should never change you. You bring, you bring in the authority of the Lord. You bring in the love of Jesus. You bring in healing. You bring in, you bring that in with you, right? His, he says that is, his 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 ministers are a flame of fire. Wow! His ministers are a flame of fire. Yes. 
Now, so good. Organized ministry. That's anyone who says, I believe. Anyone who says, I want to know you more. God will use every single person that he can to bring about his will and to further the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Wow. I want to be a flame of fire. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it would, uh, I, I think of when you say that, just to kind of prove the point of what you're saying is that um, when you're in fear, that's usually all you can think about of how fearful you are. And it's all focused on you and your flesh is I'm so fearful. I'm so afraid. I'm so scared. Uh, but um, this year has been amazing for me. 2020 has been one of the best years for me because I've not been living in fear. Yes. I, I, I've been focused on other things like how great certain things, certain outcomes are because of everything that's happening. I'm doing, I'm doing a show on, on a devotional that I read nearly every day that came out of this whole thing. That's, that's clearly positive, right? It just brought me closer to God. It has, it has caused me to uh, read the Bible more often. I, I met Hedia at church in line um, at an event at the church at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. Um, when I had COVID-19, I was in the hospital and they had me sign the, the little form that said, uh, do, not re do not resuscitate. I had no fear, I, but I did focus on the fact that my 26-year-old daughter came back to my home and took care of the four younger kids and thought, wow, how awesome is that, <laughs> right? As opposed to being sitting there in fear going, oh my gosh, everybody, why is nobody calling me? Why is nobody, I, I was going, oh my gosh, my 26-year-old daughter has just stepped up. And it's then amazing. I thought about this, this, this young woman that I met uh, just a couple of weeks beforehand. Now she's convalescing me, a, a guy that she just met in line at church. And I had these oxygen things in my nose, like you know, breathing oxygen. And she didn't, and she didn't run. She didn't didn't flee. I'm going, this is fantastic. If I would have been living in fear, if I would not been a godly man, a Christian man, uh, reborn and born again, um, yeah. I'd be living in fear. And all this time I'd be living in fear and focused on my fear instead of all the goodness that came out of everything that happened in 2020. 2020 is amazing. Uh, and I am not lying. I'm telling you, it has been fantastic. Uh, nothing else has come out. So that's just my testimony about what you said is true about God. not well, we've allowing. Seen you we've seen it in you, bro. Oh, wow. and I were just talking about it earlier today. Like oh. God has really moved on your behalf and you wow. have, you have embraced it and walked with him every step of the way. We were just talking about that earlier. It's been, it's miraculous what God, what you and your relationship with the Lord is doing this year has been miraculous. You know? oh. It really has. Everyone sees it by the way. Oh. oh, that's beautiful. Wow. So true. Well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, and even financially, you had, I mean, he had these experiences where like there was money in his hand and then it was like literally five minutes later, it was like, poosh, gone. And he was like, oh, oh, well. And I was like, wow, you are really handling this well. And he's like, let's go get something to eat. And I was like, yes. What are you going to do? I mean, he's just been amazing. Like the, the, the patience and the fortitude and the strength and the courage that he's exhibiting is just, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and I just got to say, and, and those of you that are watching that may be struggling one way or another, there, there's, uh, I, I got it. You know, there's times where you want to go back to your old self, understand that. But going back to a devotional, being in the word of God more than four times a week has clearly been helpful. Uh, uh, Mark uh, Dreskel in, uh, in, uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then Jack Hibbs, our pastor over at Calvary, having them on board to be able to get me through those times where I, I did maybe get a little bit weak or get uh, make, you know, um, uh, you know, maybe thought 
you know, fleshly that I, I should focus on myself and be a little bit afraid. It is being in the word more than four times a week that has been very powerful. And then having somebody by your side that also is in the same place that I am. I mean, very clearly, you and Courtney working hand in hand and doing the things you do can, is clearly uh, the best way to go. We weren't meant to do this by ourselves, uh, but having the church, having the message, having you guys, uh, you know, there when I've needed you, I've, I've sent Courtney messages before saying, you know, one thing or another. And all of you have been, or both of you have been very powerful in my life and then having Hedia by my side. So we're not, we're not meant to do this by ourselves. We need to surround ourselves. You have to mention the show idea to him too, because we have to bring them on. Oh, yeah, we'll do that privately. Yeah, we're, we're planning on doing a couple's um, uh, show also. But thank you for those words. It's um, it's it's uh, helpful uh, to get feedback from people to, to see what they see and to uh, to hear what they have to say about this this journey that I've been on um, and that we'll continue to be on. So thank you so much. Yes, of course. Um, did, I, did we miss anything? I mean, we could go on. It's already, it's already going on an hour. I got my kids staring at me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if they want to go on Fortnite or if they're really listening to what we have to say. Um, but um, well, that was beautiful. I, I I don't even know what we could add, but know, I'm sure awesome. I'm sure Rick could could download a whole lot more on us. <laughs> well, then we'll have to do it again. Yes, um, for sure. But yeah, I was almost sad that we didn't bring on Courtney when I saw Courtney. I go, oh, why did we ask Courtney to be on too? Yes. Uh, but we definitely have to do that in the. In yeah, the she would love it. She yeah. she would. She's she's interesting. She doesn't like to be on. She doesn't like to be on camera. Oh, I'll get her. She doesn't understand that you know she's being called yep. to it because she is she is she is a warrior. That's what twenty four seven. Yeah, you know, I mean, what God has done in her life has been miraculous. Like we want to talk about boot camp, you know, from nice. when I met her to what she is does now. I mean, she's out there ministering daily, you know, ten times more than mm -hmm. i am like she lives on the she lives on the battlefield and she loves it you know she's got that viking blood she's got yeah. that redeemed i will call it redeemed i'm making i'm just making this up like redeemed viking blood right because all of her generation, i love it they're all vikings right so she's got it flowing through she's got the scottish on one side you got the danes on the other side like she just loves to fight now she's spirit filled and now that hasn't changed she's just fighting in the in the spirit but man i She's one track. She doesn't change her mind. She doesn't change the subject, man. She's just all in. So awesome. yeah, she has a lot of stories in a very short period of time. That girl is not afraid of anything. Only the camera. Only the camera. Yeah, I, I'm not fond of it either. And he's just like, "Come on, we're going yeah, live." You and I'm get like, out here. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Rick, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we have a bunch of our friends on. We got Sass on. And, I'm, and I know I'm going to start naming people, but there's so many people on that are just amazing that I haven't talked to in a long time. Uh, hopefully we can get back to the conventions uh, and, and see yes. everybody again. This is really sad that, uh, that the fear has taken over and we can't get to a convention uh, like we had in the past. Now, I missed you guys in Florida. I wasn't able to get out there, uh, but um, let's get back together. Let's do something together. Yes, 100%. I would love that. All right, just really quick. Also, I saw somebody ask, you know, is this on something else? It's on YouTube currently. We're live on YouTube. A replay will be left on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Twitter, but quite often Twitter bans my stuff for whatever reason. Uh, and strangely enough, we're also on Twitch. So if you're on Twitch, you can find me on Twitch. Just put in Andy Falco, the Andy Falco show. If you do a search in Google, nothing will come up. I'm so throttled now because of the other shows that I do on, on politics that if you search Andy Falco show or Andy Falco, it, you, 
it won't come up. So um, you may have to go to the andyfalcoshow.com. Uh, that will take you to YouTube. Uh, and then the andyfalcoshowpodcast.com. Uh, and that will take you to iHeartRadio where I have my podcast, that where I, I, I upload these um, uh, shows to uh, the podcast. So you may need to go to one of those places. But again, Rick, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I love the picture in the background. We may have to buy one of those for... Uh, I was going to buy that. Yeah, we need that. That is fantastic. And also, you didn't have mentioned about how color-coordinated he is. Yes, so that's another thing I noticed. Very cool. I told him, I'm yeah. like, we got to get stuff with logos color-coordinated. Well, I tried. Look at, you see what I got going on here? I tried to get color-coordinated. All right, Rick, thank you uh, so much. Have a great night. And all of you watching, um, um, uh, just I appreciate you. I appreciate you commenting. Please share. This is one thing that will help get it out and, and comment. Those of you watching replays, make sure and comment when, you, when you're when you watching the replay. That would be very helpful. Uh, I'm going to play both my outros because uh, this has been the combo show. Yes. So uh, stick around for the combos. Uh, so here we go. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Yes. Thank you, guys. Love you. All right. Take Love care. You.